Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. This is day 993 of our trek and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on this trek called life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday's trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer our questions that you would like to ask your dad or your granddad, but for whatever reason, it is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to go back and ask dad or Gramps questions about life in many areas. Today is our 16th episode in a series delving into what makes each of us respond differently to life situations and circumstances. Understanding ourselves and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This is certainly needed in today's environment. This empathy can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. If you've missed any of the past 15 Friday series, I would recommend going back to listen to them and read the wisdom journals. As we review, the tool that we refer to as the Enneagram is a circle with nine interconnected points. Ennea refers to nine and Gram refers to a drawing. Check out today's or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. I have also included in today's wisdom journal a copy of the Enneagram at a glance, which was compiled by Suzanne H. Eller. If you'd like a PDF copy, click on the link in today's wisdom journal located on our website at wisdom-trek.com. I would also recommend that you read a book, The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. It is an excellent book about the Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. In the first seven episodes of this series, we explored how the Enneagram system works and then presented an overview of all nine personality types. Since then, we have taken a deep dive into each of the types, the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the instigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, and the challenger. And this week we will explore the final number, number nine, the peacemaker. Next week we will begin a series of episodes of type combinations and what the potential relationship benefit and issues are with each combination. Since we are exploring the Enneagram in detail, I would also recommend reading the wisdom journals for each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is though, Keep in mind it is still only a tool and cannot replace nor usurp the precepts that are found in God's Word. All of the decisions and actions that we make in life we're responsible for, and they must be in harmony with God's precepts. So the question for the next several weeks will be, Hey Gramps, why do people act or react to situations or circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom to better understand myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So let's dive into the Enneagram system, type number nine, the peacemaker. The peacemaker, type number nine. They're easygoing, self-effacing types. They're receptive, reassuring, agreeable, but can also be complacent. Type number nine in brief. Nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others just to keep peace. They want everything to go smoothly and without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia 
and also can be stubborn. When they're at their best, they're indomitable and all-embracing. They are able to bring people together and to heal conflicts. Type 9, the Peacemaker's basic fear is having experienced loss or separation. Their basic desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind. An Enneagram 9 with an 8-wing is the referee. The Enneagram 9 with a 1-wing is the dreamer. Their key motivations. They want to create harmony in their environment, to avoid conflicts and tension, to preserve things as they are, to resist whatever would upset or disturb them. The meaning of the arrows for type number 9, the peacemaker. When moving in the direction of disintegration or stress, complacent nines suddenly become anxious and worried like unhealthy sixes. However, when moving in the direction of integration or growth, even slothful and self-neglecting nines become more self-developing and energetic like healthy threes. Let's look at an overview of type number nine. We have called this personality type nine, the peacemaker, because no type is more devoted to the quest of internal and external peace for themselves and others. They're typically spiritual seekers, have a great yearning for connection with the cosmos or God, as well as with other people. They work to maintain their peace of mind just as they work to establish peace and harmony in their world. The issues encountered by type number nine are fundamental to all psychological and spiritual work. Being awake versus falling asleep to their true nature. Presence versus entrancements. Openness versus blockage. Tension versus relaxation. Peace versus pain. Union versus separation. Ironically, for a type so oriented in the spiritual world, nine is centered in the instinctive center and is the type that is potentially most grounded in the physical world and in their own bodies. The contradiction is resolved when we realize that nines are either in touch with their instinctive qualities and have tremendous elemental power and personal magnetism, or they are cut off from their instinctional strength and can be disengaged and remote. You might refer to this as lightweight. To compensate for being out of touch with their instinctional energies, nines also retreat in their minds and their emotional fantasies. This is why type nines sometimes misidentify themselves as fives or sevens, the head types, or twos and fours, the feeling types. Furthermore, when their instinctive energies are out of balance, nines use these very energies against themselves, damming up their own power so that everything in their psyches becomes static and inert. When their energy is not used, it stagnates like a spring-fed lake that becomes so full that its own weight dams up the springs that feeds it. When nines are in balance with their instinctive center and its energies, however, they are like a great river carrying everything along with it effortlessly. We sometimes call the nines the crown of the Enneagram because it is at the top of the symbol and because it seems to include the whole of it. Nines can have the strengths of eights, the sense of fun and adventures of seven, the dutifulness of sixes, the intellectualism of fives, the creativity of fours, the attractiveness of threes, the generosity of twos, and the idealism of ones. However, they generally do not have a sense of really inhabiting themselves, a strong sense of their own identity. Ironically, therefore, the only type that nine is not like is nine itself. Being a separate self, an individual who must assert herself against others, this can be very terrifying for nines. They would rather melt into someone else or quietly follow their idyllic daydreams. Here is an example of someone called Reed, a nationally known business consultant, and he comments on his tendencies. I'm aware of focusing on other people's, wondering what they are like, how and where they live, etc., 
In a relationship with others, I often give up my own agenda in favor of the other person's. I have to be on guard about giving in to others' demands and discounting my own legitimate needs. Nines demonstrate their universal temptation to ignore the disturbing aspects of their life and to seek some degree of peace and comfort by numbing out. They respond to pain and suffering by attempting to live in a state of premature peacefulness, whether it is in a state of false spiritual attainment or in more serious denial. More than any other types, Nines demonstrate a tendency to run away from the paradoxes and tensions of life by attempting to transcend them or seeking to find a simple or painless solution to their problems. To emphasize the pleasant in life, of course, is not a bad thing. It is simply a limited and limiting approach to life. The Nines see the silver lining in every cloud as a way to protect themselves from the cold and rain, but other types have distorted viewpoints also. For example, fours focus on their woundedness and victimization, and type ones on what is wrong and how things are and so forth. By contrast, Nines tend to focus on the bright side of life so that their peace of mind will not be shaken. But rather than deny the dark side of life, what Nines must understand is that all the perspectives presented by the other types are also true. Nines must resist the urge to escape into premature Buddhahood, or the white light of the divine, and away from the mundane world. They must remember that the only way out of a situation is through it. Let's look at Type 9's level developments. And remember we have three categories and three levels within each category. First, the healthy category. Level 1, when Type 9's are at their best, they can become self-possessed, feeling autonomous and fulfilled. They can have great equanimity and contentment because they are present to themselves. Paradoxically, they can be at one with self and thus able to form more profound relationships. They can be intensely alive, fully connected to self and others. As they move to level two, they're still deeply receptive, accepting, unselfconsciousness, emotionally stable and serene, trusting of self and others, at ease with self and life. They can be innocent and simple, patient, unpretentious, good-natured, and genuinely nice people. As they move to level three, they're still optimistic, reassuring, and supportive, having a healing and calming influence, harmonizing groups, bringing people together. They are a good mediator, a synthesizer, and communicator. As type nines move into the average category, at level four, they begin to fear conflicts, so become self-effacing and accommodating, idealizing others and going along with their wishes and saying yes to things that they do not really want to do. They fall into conventional roles and expectations. They use philosophies and stock sayings to deflect others. As they move downward to level 5, they are still active but disengaged, unreflective and inattentive. They do not want to be affected, so they become unresponsive and complacent, walking away from problems and sweeping them under the rug. Thinking becomes hazy and rheumative, mostly comforting fancies. They begin to tune out reality, becoming oblivious. They can become emotionally indolent, unwilling to exert self or to focus on problems. They have indifference. As they move downward to level six, they begin to minimize problems, to appease others and to have peace at any price. But they can also become stubborn, fatalistic and resigned, as if nothing is going to change anything. They tend to fall into wishful thinking and magical solutions. Others can become frustrated and angry by their procrastination and unresponsiveness. And as type nines fall into the unhealthy category at level 7, they become highly repressed, undeveloped, and ineffectual. 
feel incapable of facing problems. They can become obstinate, disassociating self from all conflicts. They can become neglectful and dangerous to others. And as they move to level 8, they're wanting to block out awareness of anything that can affect them. They disassociate so much that they eventually cannot function. They become numb and depersonalized. And as they fall to the lowest level, level 9, they finally become so severely disoriented and canatonic, abandoning themselves, turning into shattered shells. Multiple personalities are possible, generally corresponds to the schizo and dependent personality disorders. But let's look at some of the growth recommendations for Enneagram Type 9. It is worth examining your type of tendency to go along with others, doing what they want to keep peace and to be nice. Will constantly giving in to the wishes of others provide the kind of relations that really satisfy you? Remember, it is impossible to love others if you are not truly present with them. This means that you have to be yourself, which you, paradoxically, have to be independent so that you can really be there for others when they need you. You must exert yourself, force yourself to pay attention to what's going on. Do not drift off or tune out people or daydream. Work on focusing your attention to become a more active participant in the world around you. Try to become more mentally and emotionally engaged. Recognize that you do also have aggressions, anxieties, and other feelings that you must deal with. Negative feelings and impulses are a part of you, and they affect you emotionally and physically, whether you acknowledge them or not. Furthermore, negative emotions are often expressed inadvertently and get in the way of the peace and harmony that you want in your relationships. It is best to get things out and in the open first, at least by allowing yourself to become aware of your feelings. Although if you're in a situation that would be very painful for you, if your marriage has ended in a divorce, or if you're having problems with your children, you must honestly examine how you have contributed to these problems. Examining troubled relationships will be extremely difficult because the people involved have been very close to your heart. The feelings you have with others endow you with much of your identity and self-esteem. But if you really love others, you can do no less than examine your role that you have played in whatever conflicts that have arisen. In the final analysis, the choice is simple. You must sacrifice your peace of mind in the short run for the satisfaction of a genuine relationships in the long run. You need to make it a point to exercise frequently to become more aware of your body and emotion. Some nines run around doing errands and think that they're getting enough exercise. But regular exercise is a healthy form of self-discipline and will increase your awareness of your feelings and other sensations. Developing body awareness will teach you also to concentrate and focus on the, your attention in other areas of life as well. Exercise is a good way to get in touch with and express some aggressions. Well, that will conclude our focus on personality type 9, the peacemaker. You are so important in God's kingdom. Live to fill your God-given potential. A word of encouragement from God's words for those of you who are the Enneagram type 9. And this is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpieces. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Join us next Friday as we explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramp episode. We will begin exploring the type combinations and how best to maintain meaningful and productive relationships with each other. The information that we will explore will allow you to unlock who you are as we travel on this trek of life and discover more about ourselves and others as we impact God's kingdom. 
I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living a rich and satisfying life. Our next trek will be Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on those most important areas of life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 992 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek Podcast and Journal. And as we take this trek of life, Together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.